Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. G'day and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast coming to you from Melbourne, Australia broadcast from the studios of 3CR your only radio left My name is Susanna Duffy In every nation's story there are important moments, events and crossroads that shape the chapters to come. In this episode, we'll have a look at The Voice. But first, an update on Tito. You remember Tito the cat in Bolivia? He went missing on a plane flight out of La Paz in January. And airport authorities, the police, the fire brigade and hundreds of volunteers have failed to find him. Recently, an animal psychic was called in to help, and now this psychic, this cat whisperer, says Tito is alive. We just don't know where. All the best to you, Tito. While on our animal friends, I was pleased to see that Yaya, the giant panda, is back home in China at last after spending 20 years in Tennessee on a loan. How strange. Now look, listener, times are hard. We all know that. And they're getting harder. Food costs are bomb. And agencies which dispense food to the needy are running to the ground. But be cheered by the news of a new ice cream flavour. Yes, a new ice cream flavour. It's a Japanese flavour and it's called Bayakuya, made of rare white truffle from northern Italy with some Parmigiano Reggiano and Sake Lees. One serve will cost you $6,696. Well, I hope that cheered you up. You can all look forward to saving up, not eating for a couple of months, and buying an ice cream. Another way you could save money, a man in Minnesota has invented a beer-powered motorbike. Yeah, beer power. He has a 14-gallon keg with a heating coil strapped to the back of the bike. The coil heats up the beer right up to 300 degrees, which then becomes superheated steam, goes through the nozzles, and that propels the bike forward. So if you're finding that petrol's a bit, you know, beyond your budget, you can always use beer. 3CR Today is National Sorry Day. 
The first National Surrey Day was observed in 1988, a year after the government inquiry into the child-stealing of the 20th century was brought before the Australian Parliament. That report was called Bringing Them Home, and among that report's recommendations was the idea of an unreserved apology and the proposition that a portion of the national budget should be put towards reparations. The formal apology came in 2008 when Kevin Rudd was the Prime Minister. Before him, John Howard was put forth a motion of reconciliation that expressed regret but no admission of culpability and definitely no commitment to reparations. But it was really Prime Minister Rudd's unreserved apology that struck a chord in the hearts of Australians. It was his parliament that adopted the goals of closing the gap movement, which focused on the health and equality of Indigenous peoples of all generations. It's well worthwhile remembering that when Prime Minister Rudd gave his apology speech, the Liberal opposition leader, Dr Brendan Nelson, rose and offered bipartisan support for the apology. Six members of his caucus walked out in protest at this. Six members of the Liberal Party caucus. They were Don Randall, Dennis Jensen, Luke Simpkins, L.B. Schultz, Wilson Tucky and Sophie Mirabella. Peter Dutton stayed in the room, but he abstained from the apology. This story's right, this story's true I would not tell lies to you Like the promise said they did not keep And how they fenced us in like sheep Said to us, come take care of him Set us up on mission name Told us to read, to write and pray then they took the children away, took the children away, the children away. Snatched from their mother's breast, said this is for the best, took them away. Welcome and the Holy Spirit, said you've got to understand. We'll give to them what you can't give. Teach them how to really live. Teach them how to live best. Humiliated them instead. Taught them that and taught them this. And others taught them prejudice. Took the children away. The children away Breaking our mother's heart Carrying us all about Took them away One dark day on Framling Hay Came and didn't give a damn My mother cried Go get their dead He came running Mother's tears were 
touch my kids and he fight me. Then they took us from our family, took us away. They took us away. Snatched from our mother's breast, but this is for the best, took us away. Every May the 26th in Australia, National Sorry Day reminds us, the colonist descended people of the nation, to remember the mistreatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. It's a day to acknowledge the strengths of stolen generation survivors and reflect on how Australians can all play a part in the healing process for the people and for the nation. This day carries great significance for the Stolen Generations and other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. It's also commemorated by Australians right around the country. When you think about reconciliation really means, it means to apologise without reservation. 
Now, that's a tough thing to do, whether as an individual or as a larger group. An apology goes a long way towards healing or at least beginning to. So thinking about the concept of reconciliation in your life and applying it can be a humbling and important experience. So just think about it. And while you're thinking about it, think about the voice. We hope you're enjoying your 3CR podcast. We're a community radio station that does one big fundraiser each year. Right now, we need your help to raise $275,000. We hope you can contribute. Head to 3cr.org.au slash donate and please make a tax-deductible donation. And now, back to your podcast. Last year, Prime Minister Albanese announced the draft question to be put to the public. And that draft question is, do you support an alteration to the Constitution that establishes an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. So that's what we're going to be asked in this referendum coming up. Mr Albanese acknowledged that there may well be misinformation and fear campaigns to counter. Yes, well, he's been proven right, hasn't he? Misinformation and fear campaigns, gosh, we're practically drowning in them. Some of the misinformation has centred on a misconceived assertion that the voice will result in Australians not being treated equally. Please excuse my little laughter here, will you? But some people are deliberately spreading that misinformation, knowing full well that it's untrue, and knowing full well that it will appeal to the ignorant and also, sadly, to the racists out there. And I named Pauline Hanson for a start. But seriously, look, most Australians know that if Pauline Hanson is against something, then that something is worthwhile supporting. Except perhaps in Queensland. Which leads me to a very big question. What's wrong with Queensland? What the hell is wrong with Queensland? It's been a backwater of provincialism, bigotry and dyed-in-the-wool racism since I first put on lipstick. Just think Joe Bielke-Peterson. Think Sequib. Oh, no, don't think of that. It will put you off your breakfast. But what's wrong with Queensland? Why is that so out of step with the rest of Australia? Is it the weather? Is there something in the water? But let's hear from the BL from the bush and his thoughts on The Voice. G'day, comrade. G'day, listener. BL from the bush calling in. Hoping you are all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. The Voice is coming up soon for a, for a vote and pretty basically it, it's to give Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders a voice to Parliament. A group of representatives will be making suggestions to Parliament about what affects them. Pretty simple and uh, straightforward. Instead of me trying to stumble through all this, uh, listener, there's, there's, there's a great program on the ABC. You go to iView, ABC iView, uh, ABC News, and then you just look for uh, a video thing called a Video Lab, and you uh, click on that, and then you find that there's a program there called Everything You Need to Know About the Voice. And it's a very, very good informative program. If you have any doubts or questions about, that pretty well covers it. 
it's a good look. It really is. And, you know, don't forget, listener, this, the voice or or the uh, Uluru Statement from the Heart from which this comes from, you know, that was done back in 2017 and that was just chucked in the bin for a while, so it's been pulled out and they're all having a bit of a look at it now. But the thing is that the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders got together and, and they walked this country and they got down, they sat down and they worked out what they thought that they needed to, to fix the problems that, that are facing them in this country. They got university students, they got educated lawyers and stuff, uh, they got their elders, they got people to speak the different languages that was, was part of, of eradic- which, which, which were eradicated. Some of those languages were eradicated through the stolen generation, purposely done. And they got these uh, the elders to get out there and they walked this country and got together and formed the uh, Uluru Statement from the Heart. What a massive task that was. Old, young, educated, some of them remotely, they were even uh, tracked down and the uh, proposals put to them. Massive effort and congratulations on them for doing that. Now, you look at the scale that was done on, well, it puts it puts that mob in in Canberra up there in the house of debauchery to shame. I mean, they, they you know they take two three years to even just to, to agree on something. These people, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, did this over a period of twelve months, I think it was. So yeah, listener, look at that show on um, on ABC ABC iView Video Lab. Everything you need to know about the voice, it'll give you a pretty good indication. But anyway. That's about me for the time being. Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't vote, you lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast, the only show left. Oh, yeah, and vote yes for The Voice. 3CR Federal Opposition Leader Peter Dutton has announced that the Liberals will join the Nationals and One Nation in formally opposing the proposed Indigenous voice to Parliament, binding his front bench to the no case in the upcoming referendum. Well, that decision led to the resignation from the Liberal Party of Ken Wyatt, former Minister for Indigenous Australians in the Morrison government, and the front bench resignation and Shadow Attorney-General Julian Lesser. Justifying this decision, Dutton laid out a hard right argument filled with racist dog whistling. He claims that the voice was the most significant change to the constitution proposed since Federation. He says that it seeks to disrupt our government and that it divides our country. Loaded with such coded language, these ideas echo long-standing right-wing arguments to get so-called special treatment for Indigenous people, as well as more contemporary right-wing hostility to anti-racist sentiment. Former Prime Minister Abbott was much more explicit. He denounces the voice as Indigenous separatism. He says this assumption that Indigenous people are different and need to be treated differently. This separatist mindset is at the heart of the problem. So underpinning this right-wing no campaign, then, is an outlook not different from the old racist assimilation of decades past. 
that there should be no recognition of the fact that Indigenous people are oppressed and that they should instead be considered socially and economically disadvantaged by their illogical desire to continue cultural connections. In other words, according to this right-wing argument, they just have to be like other Australians. And things like the voice slowed down this assimilation into the rest of society. The dead-set racist nature of this anti-voice campaign was on full display at a public meeting opposing The Voice, which took place in Tamworth and featured Pauline Hanson, Nationals MP Barnaby Joyce, former right-wing shock jock Alan Jones and former Labor Minister Gary Johns. Johns argued that The Voice would create an apartheid regime. Hanson stated in her usual manner, a lot of people jump on the bandwagon and claim the benefits because they claim to be Aboriginal. But afterwards, people walking out were quoted in The Guardian as saying, the whites will win, and dingoes have been here longer than you. I'm sure that you, listener, like myself, reject the racism and the right-wing rhetoric of Peter Dutton Paul and Hanson, Barnaby Joyce and their ilk. And call it out for what it is, especially when the vile nature of such arguments is being downplayed by much of the mainstream media. One of the critics of The Voice is Indigenous Country Liberal Party Senator Jacinta Price, and she used a speech in the first week of Parliament to denounce The Voice saying it was part of a virtual signalling agenda and that she had more than her fill of being symbolically recognised. Price went on to say that the government has yet to demonstrate how this proposed voice will deliver practical outcomes and unite rather than drive a wedge further between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australia. The right has also pushed a racist ideological agenda that says Indigenous people are primarily responsible for their own oppression and uses that to advance a right-wing agenda. Price, for instance, takes up the arguments made by conservative writers such as anthropologist Peter Sutton and Indigenous academics Maria Lane and Noel Pearson who argue that the solution to Indigenous inequality lies in ending Indigenous welfare dependency and getting Indigenous people into the real economy. In Noel Pearson's book, Our Right to Responsibility and Sutton's The Politics of Suffering, argue that high levels of Indigenous incarceration, poverty and poor health are due to the high rates of Indigenous criminality. In the eyes of these conservative commentators, this in turn was the side effect of the movement for Indigenous rights in the 1960s and 1970s, including the winning of equal pay for Indigenous workers in the 1960s, the discrediting of assimilation as a social objective, and the overturning of restrictive laws on Indigenous people accessing alcohol. According to this theory, These progressive measures led to the breakdown of Indigenous communities in the second half of the 20th century in a wave of rising unemployment, alcoholism and violence. 
This argument formed the ideological background to the racist Northern Territory intervention, which continues to this day. Personally, I'm unsure if the Indigenous voice to Parliament or the full implementation of the Uluru Statement will do much to combat Indigenous oppression or begin a process of ending it. What tactical outcomes would follow? But the argument put forward by Price has nothing to do with delivering practical outcomes to alleviate Indigenous oppression. After all, the right has spent decades campaigning against land rights, supporting the Northern Territory intervention and pushing for welfare quarantining and cuts to social services for Indigenous people. The practical outcomes of this have been an intensification of Indigenous oppression and greater divisions between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. This criticism of symbolism is equally reactionary. It opposes official recognition of Indigenous oppression because Australian capitalism has nothing to atone for and Indigenous people are better off embracing the system than thinking about how it has oppressed them. So have a good think about The Voice, listener, and think about where those people who oppose it, where they're coming from and where they stand. Fair-minded citizens who are undecided, you have to be mindful of the impact your comments may have on First Nations people and whether those comments will be seized upon by the neo-Nazis to incite hatred and violence. Hello, this is a short message from 3CR. We're a community radio station, and right now we're seeking community donations so we can keep the station going. Please consider what you can donate to help us stay on air. Full details at 3cr.org.au slash donate. Enjoy your podcast. So I'll finish up in the same old way. Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. I'll leave you with a song from Dave Arden. And until next week, same time, same place, it's cheerio and ciao from Left After Breakfast. Like it's no use 